Welcome to the first episode of Struggling for Purpose. Now, if you were previously subscribed to this feed, this podcast was probably known as Ten the Podcast to you. Well, I've done some rebranding, so what is Struggling for Purpose? Struggling for Purpose is going to focus on the journey of finding purpose in our lives. Now, our ultimate purpose is to glorify God, but what does that look like? Through interviews and audio essays, I'll explore how Christians find purpose in serving God. I'll have more to say about that after this interview with Chris Starin. So for my first guest in the Christian Creative Series, I'm speaking to Chris Starin, who is the writer and director of the films Bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls. He's written a novel, Cradle Robber, and now he's putting out a great podcast, one that I always anticipate when it comes out, uh, the Truce Podcast. Chris, welcome to Struggling for Purpose. Oh, thanks so much for having me, John. So, Chris, we were talking beforehand about how the last time I interviewed you was in 2007 when you had just released Between the Walls. A lot has happened since then. And you've done a lot as far as creativity, as far as writing and the podcast. I specifically want to talk about the Truce podcast. What what was the catalyst for making this podcast? Oh, there were so many of them. Uh, partially, it was all these conversations I was having with my friends, um, a lot of whom are not Christians, and just seeing the the struggles that they had with Christianity and the ways they were kind of upset, and mostly because of things they didn't understand. Uh, and then also things that my Christian friends would get upset with. And, and, and it's largely it was because they didn't understand the issue. Uh, and so I was like, wait a second, you know, we could, you know, we could really build a lot of bridges here if we just talked about what our feelings are behind this or how we got to these conclusions. It, it would really start us at a much better place to share our witness. Um, or to, or it would to share our faith. It would help our witness. I've been like interested in the Christian witness and how so oftentimes people don't run away from Jesus because of the faith. It's often because oh they know some Christian who was acting inappropriately. <laughs> and I thought that maybe if we address some of these issues, it would help us understand uh, where we've come from and where we're going, and which is part of my little slogan. And uh, and hopefully build some bridges where we could then share our faith. I mean, when you started out, was the first episode the one about the Southern Baptist Convention? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, it, I, the first one I released was one on Donald Trump. Oh, right. Um, uh, yeah, it was the first one I numbered. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the first one I had actually started working on was the, the first uh, Southern Baptist Convention episode. I mean, um, you came out of the gate swinging. With, with, with this podcast, really. I mean, you didn't, you didn't pull any punches. You just decided we are going to tackle some really, really deep issues here. And yeah. there, are, there are a lot of people who are, who are not Christians. And there are people who are Christians who are confused about how could someone vote for Trump. And you, you attack you you that head on. You address the issue. Why deal with these really controversial issues instead of going for the low-hanging fruit, like proof that Jesus was a real person or proof that the Bible is is not a bunch of not a bunch of fiction? Why why hit these really difficult subjects? 
Right. And I think those are important subjects too, but maybe I'll get to them. But uh, mostly, I, again, it was the stuff that, it was the, the barriers I saw between modern Christianity and the people we're supposed to be reaching out to. Because it's, you know, support whoever you want to as far as voting, but you then are going to be held accountable. We as the Christian church are going to be held accountable for everything that our elected officials do. Um, and, and so I, I partially wanted to just kind of hold up a mirror and be like, okay, this is, this is what the world sees, you know, um, and then make us think if, if this is what we're showing them of us, uh, then how is that going to impact our ability to share the gospel with them? Um, and so a lot of the conversations I was having with my friends were around, uh, Donald Trump and Roy Moore and, um, uh, Scott Pruitt all these guys um, who have claimed some kind of Christian faith. And uh, so I wanted to explore, like, what does their faith look like? And then how does that actually impact um, their policies and how they do their jobs? And more importantly, how, how does the world interpret that stuff? Because I, I really think we so often lose focus on the idea that our, our loyalty really is the kingdom of God. That is... That is our kingdom. It's not. It's great to be an American. I'm thankful to be an American, uh, but our allegiance is the kingdom. That's difficult. You know, it's difficult for some of us to let go of that. Um, but when our political decisions get in the way of the kingdom, we aren't really serving our true master. Um, so we kind of have to keep our eyes on the kingdom. Um, and so that's yeah. That's why I wanted to cover those stories. And amazingly, I haven't gotten a single negative response. Now, maybe I will after, after I'm on your show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've, most people have been very thankful for those stories, which is awesome because I'm not, I'm not looking to offend people. I'm not looking to like poke at anybody because the show is called Truce. You know, I want to kind of bring us to a place where we can have a truce, where we can stop and understand each other. In the current climate in the U.S., and it's certainly true in the world as well, there's so much vitriol that happens. And, and, and unfortunately, yeah. a lot of it is coming from people who claim the name of Christ. And yeah. to be able to just come out and say, here are the facts, here are, pe- here, how people, here are how people truly think about it. This is what they truly believe. Whether you believe they're wrong or not, this is how they, how they truly believe. And, and then say, now, how are we going to live at peace with these people? <laughs> That's a that's a hard yeah. thing to do right now because right now what sells is that vitriol. That's yeah. that's what we're seeing in the news every night. The news anchors are angry at at whoever they're reporting on, which is mostly Trump. Uh, I, I I recently yeah. heard a, a partial interview that that Ted Koppel did, and what he and and he even pointed out. He said, "Look, every single night it's about Trump." Trump, Trump, because that is what is selling the ads <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, on yeah. these news stations, and and he challenged the CNN and NBC and all these other folks to you know maybe maybe try something else. What what are you going to do when Trump's gone? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, uh, when, and it's tough because the the news world is it's split up so much. They're all just trying so hard to get eyeballs, um, and that's. Tough, you know, and I've actually had people tell me on my show, you know, if you picked a side, uh, you would, you'd uh, do a lot better. You get a lot more of a following, but it's like, that's not the point. You know, it's not, 
about the numbers or picking a side. It's about helping us to see what the real issue is. Um, and that's, it's hard to find, you know, these days. And there are, there are so many much bigger stories than Donald Trump out there, which is just incredible. Um, when you find these stories and you're like, I didn't know that was happening, you know? Um, but yeah, I think the world, this, this is the perfect time um, for us to encounter a lot of different things. Uh, if we could find a new source that really did a good job, I think they would rise to the top. Um, and it's also the opportunity for, if we had a civil politician running for office, I think it's a great time. You know, if we wanted to get a third party system going or whatever, now, now is the time to do it. Instead of everybody going to their opposite sides, like if we could have somebody shooting from the middle, boy, this would be a great time in history to do that. Let's transition a little bit about how you uh, actually create your podcast because it's a one man show, and it, it and, and it's a, it's an NPR style uh, NPR. Wow. It's done kind of in an NPR style, and so there's a lot of production that goes into it. So uh, right. you're working on your story. Do you do you kind of script it out? Do you ha- just have some ideas about about when you interview people? How, how do you go about that creative process? Yeah, oftentimes I'll, I'll start out with research on my own, and I tend to get the ideas by just seeing, like, where, where are we, like, wringing our hands? Like, where, where are we getting uptight in culture? And I'll start there, um, and I'll try to look research into the issues uh, myself so that I can sound like an intelligent human being when I'm talking to the interviewer. Because, uh, like, I did these episodes on Constantine, and I really wanted to do a good job. But I think those professors were like, what is this guy going to do with this material? So I generally try to avoid that. Um, so I research it in advance. And then uh, I'll go and do the interviews and I'll have a list of you know five to 10 questions to ask uh, my su- interview subject. And then um, I'll go through and I'll break it up into clips and label the clips as to like, this is what they talked about. This is an interesting thing. And then I'll go and I'll write a script based on those clips usually. And I'll have my dialogue and then I'll have brackets and then I'll have the name of the clip that they have. And then I'll have my text and keep going that way um, and put it together. And I have a, a group of people that listens to my uh, most of my episodes before they go out. It's a long process. But again, one of, one of my things, since this is a podcast about our witness, I really want, I want to demonstrate that Christians can be not only like calm and uh, easy to discuss things with, but also can put out a professional project. You're currently doing a series on Constantine. Is Constantine going to kind of be the end of this current season or are you got some other stuff that's coming out and then you're going to take a break or, or how, what's the plan there? Yeah, I've been really blessed. Um, I've got, I've got a bunch of stuff coming out. I've got one on monuments to the 10 commandments uh, that I'm really excited about. I want to get the feedback from that. Um, and I'm working on a series for Hanukkah um, that's coming up because I think it's one of those holidays that most Christians have no idea that it is the events leading up to Hanukkah are mentioned in the book of Daniel. Uh, they're, they're predicted in the book of Daniel. And so uh, I think that's terribly exciting because, you know, around Christmas, everybody gets all bah humbug about, oh, it's not happy holidays, it's Christmas. Well, it's like, well, there's, there are other holidays in December that are, you know, biblical events. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, pick that fight, I guess, <laughs> um, in advance. And then um, I'm trying, I'm working on a story with all this stuff with uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, oh, uh, boy. 
being nominated for the Supreme Court. I know. I didn't want to go right for him. Um, I was kind of praying about how to do a story, but I wanted to do one that was very uh, pro women. Um, and it would be sort of like a, um, a positive story about women. So I've, for years, I've been interested in the connection between the temperance movement, like um, uh, wanting, you know, uh, people who wanted prohibition, and then also the connection between that and the connection between women's suffrage. And in that movement, it was largely driven by Protestant women who uh, wanted to see this evil done away with in their society. Believe it or not, in the 1800s, I just looked this up, people drank three times what they do today um, wow. as far as whiskey. So it was uh, 1.7 liters of alcohol per week per adult. Um, so that's like a bottle and three quarters of Jim Beam a week for each adult. And so we have this view of the 1800s as being this pristine and godly, holy era, but it wasn't. Um, it was a very drunken era. <laughs> and so that leading uh, tied to um, the restrictions on women of being able to own property and, of course, not being able to vote in the United States, it made it very hard for women to deal with the issues that would come up with a drunken husband. You know, if, if he loses the money, how can you survive? Because women weren't really supposed to work, you know. Uh, right. So it's kind of this amazing moment where Christian women uh, would go and they would often pray outside of saloons. They would go inside of taverns and they would sing hymns and they would try try to put an end to this evil. Um, so I think it was just such a great rallying point for women where they said, you know what, we do have power. And that power largely comes from us reminding them of their calling to Christ. Um, you know, we're going to to use that faith to try to call them out of this bondage that they're in with alcohol. Um, and so I'm hoping that that will be a positive story as best as, you know, I'm sure nobody wants to hear from a, a white man on women's issues right now. Um, but uh, it's, it's the best I can do um, at this moment. I really, I, I get excited about those things. You know, I, I see a place of hurt. I, I'm like, we got to bring some healing into that. So I'm, I'm really exciting. I don't know if that'll be a one or a two-parter. Uh, it kind of depends on how the interviews go this week. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to try to bring some healing into that issue, especially because um, there was so much talk around Kavanaugh's um, hearings about his alcohol consumption. Um, so there's this interesting connection. One of the ladies I follow on Twitter had brought this up, that there's an interesting connection still um, between alcohol consumption and uh, male behavior um, that kind of harkens back to the early days of prohibition. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really excited about that story. <laughs> well, I, I hope it comes, comes together. You just never know. So when you do your interviews, do you, do you do them in the evenings, like we're doing ours right now, or do you do them during the day? How do you, when do you find time to do your interviews? Yeah, whenever I can. Yeah, I have a, a full-time job. And uh, so I, I, I tend to just figure it out. Um, I've had it before where I'll, I'll rush home from work and I'll, I'll interview it in, on a break um, or you know, I'll do it in the evening. Uh, so it's really whenever I, I can get the interview, it especially depends on I've, I've interviewed people, um, like I did a, a story on Girolamo Savonarola, who was a reformer in Florence, and, uh, and the lady who gave a great interview, um, she's from Britain, so we had this big time difference, you know, so that's, that sometimes you just have to do it early in the morning, 
but uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed uh, the process, but it would be really nice if I had a set time and I had a, an actual studio I could walk into because there are times like I did the story on Scott Pruitt and I got to, I had the great pleasure of interviewing two NPR reporters, but they were recording in their, their sound booths, one in Oklahoma and one in Los Angeles, like professional, like top of the line equipment. And I was in my hall closet and my neighbors play uh, like Mexican polka music between 11 and two o'clock or 11 and one o'clock every day. Um, and so I was just praying, God, please don't let them play that music. <laughs> and they didn't, it worked out fine. But, uh, you know, you just kind of do whatever you can. Like, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you've had experiences maybe when somebody walks into the room and you know, interrupts, you know, one of your kids or something interrupts your interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time tonight and uh, and and a little a little kind of peek behind the curtain to see how, how the podcast is made. Please let everyone know uh, where they can find Truce Podcast and uh, and your other works. Yeah, you can find Truce Podcast uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, we're actually getting on Spotify, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Radio Public, uh, or at my website at trucepodcast.com. And that's T-R-U-C-E. Sometimes people mistake it for truths. Uh, it's Truce Podcast. Um, yeah, so you can find all the information you want at trucepodcast.com. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you, John. Well, once again, I'd like to thank Chris for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate him coming on and taking the time to be interviewed. And as promised, I said I would talk a little bit more about struggling for purpose. And and I've probably covered this quite a bit previously, but for people that are new here, when I originally started Tend the Podcast, it was an experiment. I released top-of-mind episodes every 10 days. They were 10 minutes long. Well, obviously, this episode isn't 10 minutes long. It's longer. And so the format is changing a little bit. Right now, I'm doing a series that I am calling Christian Creatives. This is kind of a follow-up to one that I did early on in this podcast's history. And once that's over, I'm suspecting that I'll go back to doing more solo podcasting. Unless, of course, I get enough interviews to keep things going longer and longer. I am still planning to release every 10 days. And I really want to look into, especially right now, how people glorify God with their creativity. So I hope that you'll join me along in this journey, and I hope you like these interviews that are coming up after Chris's. I'm going to try and do interviews all the way till the end of the year, and then starting in January, I'll move on to the solo episodes if I don't have any more interviews to do. Now, it could be that I run out of people at interview before the end of the year. And we'll just deal with that when that comes along. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. And I'll talk to you in 10 days.